One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week is one of the biggest names in British comedy. Born in Port Talbot, he is by every stretch a true Welsh success story, studying at the Welsh College of Music and Drama before dropping out to pursue a career at BBC Radio Wales, where he worked for six years as a DJ on air, dropping in some very early forms of his soon-to-be iconic comedy character, Keith Barrett, live on air. A taster tape of the character landed on the desk of Steve Coogan at the production company runs, and a huge television career was born with the award-winning Marion and Jeff, its spin-off show, The Keith Barrett Show, and, of course, Human Remains, which he co-wrote and starred in alongside Julia Davis. From there, things snowballed with roles in everything from Little Britain to 24-hour party people until his school friend Ruth Jones came knocking with a little BBC-backed sitcom called Gavin and Stacey. As Barry Island's Uncle Bryn, he won the Hearts of the Nation and also nabbed a UK number one single in 2009 with his and Ruth's cover of Islands in the Stream for Comic Relief. In the years that followed, he's hosted huge panel shows like I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue and Would I Lie to You, as well as several series of the critically acclaimed comedy drama The Trip opposite Steve Coogan. These days, if he's not touring the country for an evening of music and laughter with his very own band, he's also recording his own podcast, Bryden And, where he talks to some of the biggest names in the business only on Spotify. I know this is an extraordinarily long intro. But boy, has he packed in a life well lived. I'm talking to Rob. Uh, the night before, we're due to meet up at Carfest, a brilliant festival we're both attending, which is organised every year by Chris Evans to raise money for children's charities. Tickets for next year's event are already on sale now. There, I've encouraged you to come and join us because as you're about to hear, you're in for a treat. Who else could it be but Rob Bryden? Let's dial him up, shall we? <laughs> Oh, that introduction is longer than some of my podcasts. I know. This uh, <laughs> is nice to hear it all laid out like that. Um, how are you? Nice to see you. I'm really good. I mean, when you hear it back like that, does it make you feel a bit tired and like you need to lie down? <laughs> well, it's always funny, you know, when you hear an introduction, what, what people... Uh, choose to say you know the bits that they they do pick out and uh they always say gavin and stacy obviously but say the, you mentioned the keith barrett show that that never gets mentioned so it's yeah. always nice no not really not not in this situation so it's quite nice in in the same way that you know when someone comes up to you 
uh, in the streets to say they like something, it's always lovely if it's one of the more obscure things, you know, if it's something that you think people just don't remember, that's always nicer, really, than, than the other ones. Absolutely, yeah. And then there's some beautiful work in there, Marion and Jeff and Human Remains. I mean, just beautiful. If you put those out now, they'd still receive, I think, the same support, love and audience attention. Yeah, they, they, they're very strong. I mean, they, they were done with, you know, two brilliant people. So, so Marion and Jeff was done with Hugo Blick, who is super talented. And, and you said about, you know, Julia, for goodness sake. Um, so, and I think I am at my best working with uh, someone else, working with another really strong um, person, if only from a motivation point of view, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm driven in a way, but, but not, you know, not in another way. I can't think of, is it micro or macro? I don't know, but, but um, I, I, I'm better when I've got someone else around me and, and I really got lucky with them. And yeah, I do think, I think they, 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 they do stand up and they're, they're over 20 years old now. Uh, so in other words, classic. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. It seems very strange, Rob, that you and I are talking today, and yet tomorrow night we will possibly be camping alongside one another at this year's <laughs> Car Fest. Yes, I'm glad you uh, qualified that with with Car Fest. Uh, <laughs> you, you know how easily rumours start, Kate. Um, exactly what I was intending. <laughs> yes, we will be we will be snuggling down in our respective bell tents. Um, but yeah, at, at Car Fest, Chris Evans is festival which i'd never been to a festival that won't surprise you um and then about about three or four years ago because there was a gap wasn't there for the pandemic so maybe it yeah. was four years ago um uh, chris said you know come to this and and i was going to sing a song with that they have the, the 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 band there which is basically the feeling and people come on and sing with them. So I said, oh yeah, so, so then I, I did Islands in the Stream with Sophie Ellis-Bexter, that, that was the idea. And I also got, yeah, and I got interviewed by Chris, la la la. And, and that first year, one of the funniest things was that, you know what Chris is like, he's a force of nature, but he'd, oh, yeah. he'd been doing so much that he'd literally lost his voice. So I had to step in for him. So I ended up, hosting an interview which i hadn't planned to do with rick astley and and ricky wilson that was great because you know i mean because i've been around so long and like you said i started out in radio i find things like that you know pretty damn easy i mean you know it, it doesn't phase me so so um yeah I, I did that and we sort of became friends of the festival and it's you, you'll love it it's a family thing it, there's such a great atmosphere we have another couple of families that come down as well and we have a great time is is what i'm saying um and this will be the third year we, we've kept going back well already i'm feeling the family effect of it because one of the other guests that has very kindly come on the show that's going to be there this weekend is adam woodyer and as it transpired when i interviewed adam for, for, the, for this podcast is he now lives in a motorhome. I'm not, not sure if you're aware of this, Rob. You'll see it tomorrow night. He's going to roar into to camping yeah. with his super-duper German motorhome, right, that he bought to go on tour with. Anyway, it turns out he's camping up the road from me. So I get a call from Adam, like, three weeks after the podcast, saying, could I ask you a favour? I'm not joking, Rob. The seats are down in my car because tomorrow I am driving his sales board and menus and some flags for his food van to Carfest. What, he, he's, he's selling food? What is that something that Adam was doing anyway, or, or is this something? Well, that he loves Chris a bit of well, a bit of both. I think you know he's done Master Chef, obviously he ran the brand <laughs> for years, and here he is doing a vegan food stand. I only know this because I've got all his flags and his menu in my car. <laughs> oh, that'll be funny. I've only met him once. He came on um, in all the years. He came on. Would I lie to you? And that's the that's the only time I've ever spent any time with him. You know, there's some people you keep running into, yeah. and then there are other people you sort of essentially inhabit the same world, but you never, you never encounter them. It's the strangest thing. Well, I tell you what, the few people that you have encountered have made up what I can only describe as a 
treasure trove of a guest list for your podcast, which is available on Spotify. And I have rabbit hole. I am well and truly in your rabbit hole, Rob. What an incredible lineup of, of people you've spoken to. Chris Martin, Noel Gallagher, Kenneth Branagh, Matthew McFadden, Michael Sheen. I mean, the list goes on. It's amazing. Well, they're mostly, certainly at the beginning, people that I knew or I'd worked with. Um, I'd all those people you mentioned, I worked with even Chris Martin in an odd way, because I've done a couple of things with him where well, twice now I've sung with Coldplay. Um, once was at a Christmas benefit at the O2 and I was going there to do some stand up. And then I got a call, a message or Chris would, I'd never met him. I don't think I had anyway. Chris wants to say hi in his dressing room. So I went to the dressing room, which was, you know, full of drapes and candles, as you would expect. And I mean, it, it was a, it was a fire waiting to happen. Um, and he said, because it was Christmas, he said, do you want to come up and do a, a Christmas song with me? And I said, well, yeah, OK. So I ended up at the O2 going up onto the thrust of the stage, you know, where just his little piano comes up on its own. And I think we did the briefest of rehearsals and I, I didn't do it very well, not mock modesty. I genuinely didn't. Um, it's on YouTube if people want to judge for themselves. Um, anyway, we, we did that. But the better time was then some years later, uh, Coldplay were playing uh, at the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff <clears throat> and we'd already bought tickets. My family and my best friend's family who lives in Cardiff, we were all going to go and I was in my dressing room at uh, Would I Lie to You one day, and I got a, an email from Chris saying, would you like to come out at the end of the show and sing the Welsh National Anthem? And um, now, I don't speak Welsh. I know some of the Welsh National Anthem. I, I, I don't know it all. It's a shameful admission. And um, so I wrote by saying, oh, sorry, Chris, I don't know. And then I said to my wife, oh, Chris Martin, you know, and, and I said, and she said, what? You said, no, what are you doing? And he said, and then Chris said, oh, well, don't worry, we'll have it. It'll be on a screen and everything, you know. So I said, oh, okay. So then we had the most incredible um, experience of, of driving down there and before the show, meeting up with him, who by now I had met a few times. And we, me and my wife and my best mate and his wife have dinner with Chris in his kind of room. And he was, as you know, as lovely and as positive and as beacon of en energy and positivity and all this stuff. And we sat there and ate, ate very, very healthy dinner. Then I went off into a room with him and the, the rest of the band and we messed around and went through the song once and diddly dee. And then we go, and then he has to go and get ready for the show. And then we go and sit down. Now, only one of my kids, I got five kids, only one of them knew that I was gonna sing with him. So for the rest, it was a surprise. And they'd said, what we'll do is we'll come and get you towards the end of the show. So at some point I see the person coming to us and, uh, I said, oh, I was going to go to the loo. So off I went. And then, uh, this is a ludicrously long story, Kate. You can no, I love it. it as, as, as you wish. Um, I, so I get taken all around the stadium, underneath the stage, of course. And I get given these things I'm wearing now, these in-ear monitors, which I'm not very familiar with. And these give you a feed of your voice and a feed of the band, as opposed to a wedge monitor, which is traditionally, when you look at, you know this, I'm telling this for the listener. Uh, yeah. When you see people in the 70s on the stage and so on. Anyway, uh, I, can you hear the band? Yes. Can you hear yourself? Yes. Marvellous. Good. I'm a little bit nervous because I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone. I think there were 76,000 people there. Um, give, or, give or take a dozen. So we get to the bit and he, I can hear him on stage and he says, now we've got a surprise for you. And they go, uh, we've got someone coming out. And he's got, he's thinking he's got the most amazing voice. I thought, well, okay. He said, in fact, this guy's the best voice in the world. I thought, steady on. And he said, and he's Welsh. So now, obviously, everybody is hoping and praying that it's Tom Jones. Of course, it's oh, got to be Tom. Got to be Tom Jones. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, Chris, for God's sake, rein it in. Um, and, but th then he said, in fact, he's not just one voice. I think he's a Swiss army knife of voices. I thought, oh, well, okay, that's a bit more like nice. I like that. 
and he said, ladies and gentlemen, it's Rob Brydon. Now, in my ears, I had a feed of me and the band, but I didn't have a feed of the room or the stadium. So in my ears, yeah. it sounded like he'd said, ladies and Rob Brydon, and it was met with tumbleweed and silence. So I have to walk out onto the stage exuding confidence while thinking, oh my God, they hate me. And I'm smiling at Chris and it was amazing. And yeah, and we sang it and, uh, and, and all was well. So yes, the people, uh, most of the people uh, at the beginning were people I'd worked with. And then as it's gone on and on and on and on, I've had a few now people that I've never met uh, one or two whose work I've never seen. <laughs> you have to do um, my just a lot of research, right? Oh, well, no, I, I, uh, I don't know. I always remember what Terry Wogan, who was a big hero of mine, used to say. Mm. He'd say, I just, I like, I don't like to put too much the old effort in. I just, just relax and take it easy. And I often remember Terry and, and that. And I've had some of the best ones have been with people um, where we've never met. Um, I'm trying to think of an example without it being kind of insulting to them that I'd never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> there were one or two, and then it can turn out just great. And then someone like David Duchovny, who I did, I'd never met him. And ah. and then and then what a thrill. He He's a big fan of the trip. So he starts quoting bits of the trip to me. And that's, you know, I'm still <sighs> you know, grounded enough, or whatever you want to call it, that, that's a real thrill, you know, that uh, someone like him. And him with yes, me. And that's how you got a lot of the interviews, right? I mean, Chris Martin loves you because of the trip. Noel Gallagher quoted you as. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite yeah. TV show, Would I Lie to You? Yeah, I know. Well, Noel's a funny one because Noel, you know, is in this super cool band, super cool guy. And I've never been, you know, concerned with with being cool and, and as a result ne never have been but ever, every time i've met noel we've always got on like a house on fire and um it's um it's a funny thing when you find yourself becoming chums with uh, someone like that when when you sort of hit it off yeah and i should say while we're talking about cool and i don't know uh, how much of this your 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 fans will see and how much they'll hear but i want you to know that this goatee beard that you see here before you. I want you to know that I am fully aware that it looks ridiculous. I want you to know that I'm fully aware that I know it's dyed. I'm not trying to pull the wool over and say, it is it. This, oh bless you. This is, this is a, I had this yesterday because I'm about to do a series through the autumn and we are experimenting with looks and I did a makeup test yesterday and we dyed it and I am terrified. I will be saying this at Carfest all weekend. I go, hello, I'm Rob Brydon. I know. I, I just, I just, I don't want people going, oh, bless him. Oh, bless him. He thinks he's They're getting away with that. trying to his jaw. Yeah. Or yeah, like some yeah. George Michael tribute acts. <laughs> well, uh, you could be George Michael, you could be Tom Jones, you could be Richard Hammond. That's, that's, the, that's the joke I'll be doing. <laughs> I'll be saying I'm doing. I'll be saying I'm. I'm doing Richard Hammond the musical. I'm always looking up, and uh, that's 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 why I've got this. You got all your lines worked out for the weekend. Of course I have. Um, listen, in the spirit of what I like to, I wanted to um, jump into my first question for you and just just warm you up, Rob. Not that you need it. You're an absolute pro. Uh, but are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Question number one, in the spirit of what I lied to you, let's play a little quick fire round of truth or lies. So, kicking off, were you at school with Eddie Izzard? Is that the truth or is it a lie? Um, truth or lie? Yes, well, no, not true. But I, well, we were at the same school, but we didn't cross over. This was a little school. It was a little charming little prep school in Porthcawl in South Wales called St. John's. And I have, and I was there, I was very young, and I only have very sort of sepia-toned, idealistic, sensory memories of it, of it all being new and of my sports kit. And I mean, it was a 
bit, it was, you know, for Porthcawl, it was a bit, my memory of it is that it was like some kind of English public school, but of course it can't have been. It was in, it was in, down there in South Wales. I have a, a memory of a teacher saying to a boy, whack a bath, get off the grass. But I mean, whack a bath, but that can't be true. That, that must be one of my favorite films is Vanilla Sky. And, and in that, at the end, he realizes that a lot of his supposed memories are just popular culture influences that have that have, you know, blended into his memory. And I I don't think there can have been a teacher at this Welsh school going, whack a bath, get off the grass. <laughs> um, so Eddie went there, I think, before me. Um, so, no, we weren't there at the same time. Okay, good, good to clear up. Okay, my next truth or lie. You once stole Catherine Zeta-Jones's dinner money at school. Well, there's a lot of truth in this, but I would take issue with the word stole. Um, <laughs> I, um, what happened was she did go to the same school as me at the same time as me. This was a school in Swansea that's no longer there called Dumbarton. And now I'll tell you a strange thing about that. Um, and I'm not a big believer in the paranormal, um, really, you know, I, I sort of, I don't know. But I, some years ago, had the most vivid, vivid dream one night that I was back in that school and I was walking around its dusty, abandoned classrooms, right? And then... The next day I was on the phone to my oldest friend that had also gone to that school and he said, oh, you know, they demolished uh, Dumbarton yesterday. So now someone might say that there was a release of energy, you know, um, a disturbance in the force, you might say, if you're an idiot. Um, so, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so that, anyway, uh, that's another thing. Catherine was at that school. I don't Oh, Catherine, I met her once in all the years since, very briefly. Um, she was going to school, younger than me, of course, and her mum was leaving the school and said, oh, I've forgotten to give Catherine her dinner money. Would you give it to her? I said, yes, I would. I, of course, forgot. And then I was down the road where we used to go at lunchtime to get our chips and whatever, our healthy 1970s lunches. And... <laughs> Um, and I spent it on either cola cubes or pineapple chunks because I just put my hand in my pocket and I said, wow, I have money. I don't know. Wow, I don't know how I got this. So I didn't really steal it. Um, but I like to think that the I like to think the lunch that she missed that day gave her the determination that that has seen her conquer the world of entertainment. <laughs> Okay, but I'm glad we cleared this up. Uh, your fourth child made uh, their way into the world whilst you were on a golf course with Ronnie Corbett. That's totally true. Yeah, yeah. True. I, did whole, I did a whole routine about that in my stand-up, where I, and I sort of exaggerated slightly. But the, yes, I, I played golf. I was very lucky. I Ronnie Corbett became a friend of mine, and we. I smile whenever I think about him. And uh, I was playing golf, and and it was Claire. Um, my wife's first child, the received wisdom is that your first child is often late. So there were nine days to go. So off I went playing golf with Ron and then Claire phoned and said, I think it's happening. And Ron said, oh, we, we, we better get you home. And we, got, <laughs> we got onto the buggy and sped as much as a golf buggy can. So it is true. So then I, I came home and uh, we planned it was going to be an airy fairy water birth at some fancy place. And but she, she was too far gone. Um, and so he ended up being born in this house, two floors under this room, actually. Um, and it was it was quite a thing. And it gave me a great routine that I <laughs> that I toured around the country. So it was it was beneficial in, in many ways. And then the, <clears throat> the important thing is you write it down. I mean, I didn't have to write that down because that was so, uh, such impact on me. But other yeah. things like that, things happen to you and you think, oh, this would be good. What was I telling someone the other day about? Um, oh, there we are. You see, I have forgotten it. I probably didn't write it down. It's very important <laughs> that you write, you write these things down. Because you can't just go out on the stage. You can't just go out on the stage and say, something very funny happened to me the other day. I can't remember what it was, but take my word for it. Yeah. <laughs> um 
And tell me, how did you become friends with Bonnie Corbett? Because that must have been an absolute moment where once you consider yourself friends, there must you must go and sit down quietly in a corner and go, I am friends with Bonnie Corbett. <laughs> I am actually friends with Bonnie Corbett. Well, it, it happened because, how did it happen? I think, oh, oh, that's right. I, I, in the days when the BBC used to throw parties at the BBC, this had been about 2001, 2002, and everyone was there. And I got introduced to the two Ronnies by Ronnie Ancona. So there were three Ronnies. Three Ronnies! She knew them and she introduced me. So I met Ronnie Barker and I met the one, I mean, I, they were both wonderful, but Ronnie Corbett was always my favorite. I always identified more with him. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the height thing, I suppose, to a degree, but also that he was the softer of the two. And uh, whereas Barker was the technician, the writer, the, uh, but Ron was the charming one. He was, and I just, I just, I just loved him. And I got introduced to them. And it was when uh, Marion and Jeff and Human Remains were getting some acclaim. And Ronnie Barker said, ah, yes, yes, you're the chap from Human Remains. I thought, wow, he's seen it. And he said, yes, I, I've seen I've seen four of them. And um, he said he, about Julia, he said, you should tell the girl that does it. She shouldn't always play dowdy. And and at the time, I thought it's funny how you change at the time. I thought oh, it's a bit odd saying you've seen four of them. And I thought, oh, telling her what to do now. I totally am on Ronnie Barker's side. I mean, why the hell he should why the hell should he have seen any of them? So it was an honor that he'd seen any. And that's a very good observation. It's a great thing to say rather than just, oh, yeah, big fan or whatever. Anyway, but I, I talked a lot more to Ronnie Corbett and we chatted, chatted for quite a while. Then I was on tour with a Keith Barrett live show and I was gonna play the Fairfield Halls in Croydon, which is not far from where they lived. And I was told, oh, Ron's got in touch. He wants to come to the show. I thought, bloody hell. So when I went to do that show, I was on stage doing the sound check and I was quite nervous because I knew he was gonna be there. So I started to do an impression of him uh, telling this joke he told. So I did that anyway. We start the show and I was a bit off because I, I was nervous. I was a bit off. Mm -hmm. And then at some point I heard his laugh from the darkness. I heard, ah, ah, ah. And I thought, <laughs> oh, thank God. And I relaxed. And then at the end of the show, he and his wife, Anne, came back to the dressing room. And I got lovely photos of that. And that night there happened to be a lot of people in. There were people from the DVD company were there. There were people from the promoters. So it was a full dressing room. And I was in a corner with, with Ron and I said to him, I was so nervous when I knew you were coming. I said that, that in the sound check, I, I did an impression of you doing that joke you used to tell. And he goes, oh, oh, right, right. And I said, you know, the ones who my great uncle Arthur died at the Battle of Little Bighorn. He said he, and, and people suddenly then in the room could tell that, oh my God, he's doing an impression of him to him. So it all went quiet and they were all looking over to see how he would react. I said, my great uncle Arthur died at the Battle of Little Bighorn. He said he wasn't involved in the fighting. He was camping in a nearby field and <laughs> popped over to complain about the noise. And, 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 and as I said, the punchline, he joined in with it. Oh, beautiful. And, uh, and that's, we became friends. And then over the years, he, he came to, um, when Claire and I got married, he came to the wedding, he came to my my 40th birthday party 17 years ago and and we would go out for dinner and la 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 oh, and another good example of this would be i was doing the stand-up tour then as myself and it was the tour where i did tell the story about my son tom being born and i also talked because in that story i say i was playing golf with ronnie corbett and i would do a little bit of him and and as i was doing this he got up he got up from his seat in the stalls as i was talking walked along to this there was a center aisle in this theater it was the apollo on shaftesbury avenue and he comes down to the front and i'm thinking oh my god what's he doing and i, I thought well have i offended him you know and he came to the front and he took off his glasses and gave them to me oh, for wow. me to put on to to do the rest of the impression with and of course wow. the audience just went crazy i mean it was very special so that's just one of many experiences that that, that i had with him that is just beautiful. And I love the fact that you two came together to tell the gag. That's, that's almost like comedy harmony, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's coming together and harmonising. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. Okay, time for your next question. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, well, question number two. You're about to be honoured for a Lifetime Achievement Award, for a lifetime of brilliant work. And as you step up to the podium, you clear your throat and you prepare to thank the people without whom this award would simply not be possible. So who are they and why are they so significant? Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Um, Well, first of all, my parents for encouraging me all the time. Mm. Then my drama teacher at Porthcawl Comprehensive, Roger Burnell, who gave me such a brilliant beginning, kind of instilled a work ethic in me, and we're still friends to this day. In those days, he was a very young, dynamic drama teacher. You know, he'd been in his 20s. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's over the years, I've been back there, and he now runs a huge thing in Wales called It's My Shout that gives people a chance to get involved in the film business. And it's, wow. given, a, it's given a start to loads of people. Um, isn't that, so, you know, that's very significant, isn't it? When you, when you get a teacher that gets you and celebrates you, it can be a game changer. It can take you to places in life you would never have got to otherwise. It's hugely important. The other important thing as a kid is having your thing is having your thing, whatever that be, and that may be being good at exams, or it could be being good at football, or it could be being good at rugby, or it could be being the funny guy, it could be the person in the school show. You have a thing that gives you uh, an identity. So he would be in there. And then then I would say uh, Hugo Blick, very important to me, uh, Julia Davis, very important to me, and, uh, you know, Lord Coogan. Um, He has been hugely, hugely important to me um he really has so so i would say those guys but let me just rewind to julia because julia you knew not as a professional uh she wasn't a professional acquaintance she was a friend first and foremost right julia davis yeah but but a performing friend first of all because we 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 met in about 93 or 90 93 it was when i was about to go off and do the first film I ever appeared in, which was a Sean Connery, Richard Gere film called First Night about Dancing. King Arthur. And yeah, and, and, and you see me at the beginning. I, I, whenever it's on the telly, I always get tweets, oh, did you see Rob Brydon? And um, <laughs> I play First Villager. Um, and and, and in, in the script, First Villager had two or three lines. And the day before I was due to do it, I was in Waitrose in East Sheen. I mean, things are already going well, you see, with the voiceovers. And my agent phoned on a very early mobile phone, probably a Nokia, and said, ah, bit of news, your lines have been cut. Do you still do you still want to do it? I said, well, of course I do. I mean, it's bloody Sean Connery and Richard Gere. Are you kidding? Of course I want to be in a film with them. So off I went and I did it. I never saw Connery, but but Richard Gere was in some scenes I was in. So I got to look at him and observe him at close quarter. And he was suitably dazzling and film star like. Um, 
anyway, uh, why am I telling? Oh yeah, so it was around this time, because I remember saying, so I, I met her that we were part of a, an improv comedy group in Bath and Bristol called More Fool Us. And I remember the first time I met her, we were doing an improv together. And I can still remember, it was an outdoor, some kind of festival. And, and I remember going, oh yeah, God, we, we've got something. There was just a, the jung, 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 and, and, and that was there. And then we did, and then we would do lots of shows. We did lots of shows with that group. And then Ruth Jones joined that group. I knew her from school. We'd been in school at Porth Call doing musicals together. So we did that. Then I didn't see her for a few years. I mean, it probably in those days, time was longer, wasn't it? So it was probably only a year and a half as she kind of vanished, but we would send, was it like, was it emails in those? I used to have one of those Scion Palm yes. pilots. And could you send an email on that or could you just- Only, only once you'd plugged in and dialed up. Yeah. You had to get onto an ethernet connection. Yeah, that's right. So th then she, then she, so we sort of kept in touch. Then she, then she moved to London because she'd lived in Bath and straight away she was working with the best people. She and I at that point was doing loads of voiceovers, but couldn't get arrested for anything else, really, other than, you know, crappy little things. You were doing um, loads of voiceovers, weren't you? Because I remember there was a time when there would be lots of us all sat in reception in, in various Soho studios. I used to do Argos all the time. I was forever in doing Argos, which was such, I mean, it was bloody brilliant. But there'd be yes. you, Walliams, Matt Lucas, Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. There, was, there was like a circuit of us that, you know, and it was like prison. You go, what are you in for? That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> yeah, and you'd often work with other voice artists. Now, if I do, if I'm doing one from, from, from this very room, once I've spoken to you, it's so easy now. But yeah. in those days, I would often be in a sketch with other actors. I did one with Donald Sinden and Pauline Quirk, where I was Noddy, he was Big Ears and she was Martha Monkey. And it was directed by Steve Benderlack, who did, I mean, The League of Gentlemen and, and everything yeah. else. Um, so, and Pete Serafinovich was a big thing on, on that scene as well. And N. Rytel was just before me and Kate Robbins was big on that scene. Um, John Glover, Emily's mum, you know, Kate. Emily's mum, and I. Well, I interviewed Emily on my on my on my on my thing, you know. Anyway, so um, yeah, oh yeah, and they Julia said you were in this. So Julia, Julia and Ruth, Ruth actually, yeah. they became really significant, and you met them sort of in and around the same sort of chapter of your life, I suppose. Two very significant and very talented women that remain really good friends to this day, right? Well, I've got there are loads of women my my agents are women uh my publicist is a woman my uh shall i throw in some other things my pedicurist my my, <laughs> my chakra wife. my chakra guru <laughs> is a woman my vibe master is a woman um <laughs> You know, my color scheme uh, palette is, is a woman, my wife is a woman. Yeah, no, there are lo lots, I have, I do have a lot of, I, I don't know, is, is, have I, that must be me, you know, being drawn uh, to that. I don't think it's just coincidence. You know, I've chosen these people, you know, they've not been foisted on me. So, yeah, and, and I would say- them, Rob, when I watch you and Ruth, I read or heard somewhere that you said, when we get together, we can't help but sing. And then when you watch you singing, it is a joyous thing. And there is the, it's like, you know, it doesn't matter if anybody's watching because you two don't care. You're just loving the singing. It, it, would well, that it's, be an it's, observation? Yeah, it's such a strange thing, isn't it? To, to have done what we've done, to have been in this big hit show and also have been at school together, yes. singing in musicals. And then the singing with her, is particularly true of that improv group because when she joined that improv group, we were in, uh, we lived in Cardiff so, and I had a car. So I would drive us to Bath and Bristol and we would always be singing in the car. And, and often it was that, that great Barbara Streisand album with Barry Gibb, Guilty. That's the thing that we would, we would sing Guilty and What Kind of Fool. Do you know what, what kind of fool has it apart? Even me pain and sorrow. And then he goes, 
losing you now. Ah. And then Barry goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he comes in with that uh, now and again. <laughs> Do you know what? When you look at a young Barry Gibb and you look at a young John Bishop, I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. That's very, I've never thought of that. That's very true. Yeah. No, honestly, Google it afterwards and you'll be like, no way. And then you'll text him and he'll go, you're the 65th billionth person to tell me that. Because um, I think it gets pointed out a lot. But yes, you're, you're so right. I love his, his ad libs and the Barry, the Bee Gees thing. So having listened to your podcast, and, and, and I'm so guilty of this myself, I talk a lot about my great musical of, of George Michael, who I was lucky enough to become friends with. What what was he what was he like What was he like Was he I I I only I only met him once But he seemed like a nice guy. He was more than that. He was, you know, I, back in the nineties, I avoided getting to know him. I literally jumped out of a lift so that I didn't have to talk to him because I didn't want him to not be everything I wanted him to be. Oh. I loved his music so much that I swerved him out of a Versace party. Could I sound more like a nineties tosser? Um, Many, many years later, he phoned me live on air um, to talk to me on Loose Women <laughs> and left his number. And I was terrified of giving my number to him. Uh, no, I was terrified of taking his number because I thought if I get drunk and I phone him, I'll make an ass of myself. So I left my number with him and he would often call. And he was everything that I wanted him to be, times a million, with the fun, just a sense of fun and wit and grit, but the biggest heart. So he was all of those things and just leaves a massive gap, I think, in our ears and our hearts. Um, but I hear you talk with the same fandom when you talk about Tom Jones and the Gibb brothers. And I love the fact that we are an hour almost in and we've managed to hit Barry Gibb. It's like Barry Gibb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've always, I've always loved uh, Well, the melodies, I suppose. Um, I've I've always uh, loved them as long as I can remember. Um, I love the melodies and the body of work, though, Rob. Right? No, no, no. You know, you could go right back to their early days, and then you go through to the disco, and then through to. I mean, just just like the the re, the iterations of sound, the artists that they've written for, mm-hmm. their harmony. Yeah. I mean, all of it is just. So well, you know, you can see you can see footage from from that's the way it is of Elvis rehearsing words <laughs> and telling the band, and he's going, "Oh, I want you to go and steal your heart away," and you you go heart away, and, and, and you know, I mean, I'm, I would imagine that if you're Barry Gibb, that would give you some pleasure to to watch that and see the guy that changed everything, telling his band how to do how to do your song, you know. Um, I, I've I, I, I've always liked you know particular acts. I've never been one of those people. Some people say, "Oh yeah, I, was, I used to like going out to see bands." I was never one of those people. I I had the people that I liked. That was it. Uh, yeah, and I, so Bruce Springsteen is Bruce is probably the the biggest one for me, um, and Elvis and I, I, Tom Jones because I've, I've got to know Tom and I've done a few things with him. Um, Tom's amazing though, isn't he? Like, he's, Tom, he's astonishing. Tom, is just Tom Jones, right? He just, there's no like, oh, I didn't expect him to be like that. He is just like that, isn't he? What I love is whenever I've done things with him over the years, there'll be people on the crew who have never met him before. And some can maybe sometimes come with, oh, yeah, well, you know, what's he like? And he's, he's never failed to impress everybody around and they all go away blown away. It just dazzles though, doesn't it? You know, the, the so when when you and Ruth recorded your number one single, Rob, back in 2009, <laughs> I mean, how game was was Tom Jones? Because he appears in I would implore people after this this podcast, go and Google Islands in the Stream, but watch the full-length version because you see the whole setup and he does the whole comedy routine with you two. But it's right at the end when you're doing Islands in the Stream, and then suddenly a voice comes in and he's backlit beautifully and he steals the show, doesn't he? Oh, yes, he does. He does. That, well, that was amazing because we, we flew to Las, uh, Las Vegas to film it. And so we were jet lagged. We were only there for about two days. And when, when it came to doing that bit where he comes in singing, Ruth and I were just looking at each other. Can you believe this? Can you believe what we're doing? You know, we used to, we used to be on the stage of the Grand Pavilion in Porthcawl in in the late seventies, early eighties, 
And then we used to sing in the car together in the early 90s when we were doing that improv group. And now it's 2008 and we are on a stage in Las Vegas. And we, and we spent time with him shooting the stuff for the backstory in, in a limousine in the desert outside Las Vegas, just sat there for several hours. I think he's in the middle, isn't he? And he's, is that right? Or am I in the middle? No, I can't no, you're in the, you know, no, Ruth's in the middle. And the gag is that she doesn't want to have anything to do with him because he broke her heart. And he <laughs> wants to win her back because she's clearly the best sex he's ever had and calls her an animal. And yeah, the, that's right. Play, yeah. The straight face that she plays it with. I mean, she's something else, Ruth Jones, isn't she? Isn't it exciting oh, yeah. to be around that level of talent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, um, and, and also to have, just to have known her. For, for, for so long. It's, yeah, I'm a, I'm a lucky chap. Okay, time for my third and final question before you have to jump off and um, do some voices. My third and final question for you. You seem to be a man that wells up a lot, a man that lives with his emotions very close to the surface, which I love. So I wondered, what are those moments in life that are known to put a lump in your throat and possibly a tear on your cheek? Uh, it's often to do with kids, my, my children. <laughs> um, <laughs> not just, I, 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 can, I, I can walk past a playground without bursting into tears. Um, <laughs> It, no, it, it'll often be, you know, the kids will often say, oh, your dad's, oh, dad's, dad's filling up. So like on a birthday or something like that, you know, um, it can be to do with thinking about the passing of time. It's not necessarily at emotional films and things like that, but it's more, yeah, my children really, you know, just a nice moment. I'll just get, I'll feel very proud. And that'll make me, that'll make me sort of want to have a little cry. I find myself sometimes unable to control um, a tear or two around applause, not applause for me, when you're part of a big group experience where everybody, like a standing ovation for a performance, I find incredibly moving. Do you have situations like that that you find very emotive? No, not really. No, I, if, if I'm in an audience and we're giving a standing ovation, of course, I'm livid. Um, <laughs> so, no, um, uh, no thing, things like <laughs> I tell you what a funny thing. Jerry Seinfeld had a funny thing about that where he said, you know, I think when you're in a you're in an audience and they, they, they're giving a standing ovation because he's I don't think he's a particularly emotional guy is my impression of him I never met him but you know and people start to stand and you think oh you got to stand and his line is oh god are we doing this <laughs> <laughs> there's a great story on one of your podcasts with that uh, Noel Gallagher who explains that for his 50th his wife Sarah surprised oh, yeah. him with a trip to New York because he's a massive Seinfeld fan and I remember him and Liam butting heads about this because Liam just never saw the funny in in Seinfeld and and Noel would be like What's the matter with you? <laughs> you heathen! You know he was such a big fan. So Sarah flew him over to to, to watch a, a show with with Seinfeld and then go backstage and meet him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's told me that he told me that story privately, and I was just hanging on his every word. Really? And his Bruce story about you know meeting <gasps> Bruce in Ibiza and all that stuff. Um, oh, the Bruce story was great, wasn't it? Because who was he? It was like oh yeah, somebody's daughter was gonna. Yeah, I, it was one of the wasn't it one of the Jaggers or something wasn't it That's Georgia it. or Jay Jagger somebody like that anyway Jay yeah Jagger. yeah said my godfather's going to come and join us for lunch on his boat and the godfather was Calvin Klein and Bruce was a guest and yeah, that's right yeah, yeah Noel yeah. became very unknown for a moment and went I'm going to make him my friend and I don't that's, think yeah. I've ever seen Noel try to charm anyone yeah and apparently they got on like a house on fire it's just all music 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 isn't it they're both, they're both just, you know, devoted to music. You love Bruce though, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. I do love Bruce, Katie, quite right. And, <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm very fond of him and I've been lucky enough to meet him on several, well, three occasions, I'm not counting. And, and, and the last time, the third, he remembered who I was. So that, <laughs> that, that in my eyes, Kate, is progress. And, and, and 
uh, hopefully at some point there will be formal adoption papers served. Did that make, did that put a tear in your eye? It may, no, I'll tell you what it did do though. I, I don't often ask for selfies. It's very rare that I'd ask somebody for a selfie. I'm not saying big me, you know, I'm just, it, I don't do it that often. But I did with him. And, and as I had, my mate Reese was there with me. And as I handed Reese my phone, he said, he said, oh, Bobby, it was hilarious. He said, your hand was shaking. <laughs> I like the fact that he calls you Bobby. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Rob, thank you so much for your time. It's never not fascinating talking to you. And I'm really looking forward to snuggling up next year tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Well, well, listen, this is just the beginning, Kate. This is just the beginning. Well, I'm in, I'll be in tent number four, knock quietly. I'll bring a flask. Oh, God, I, I shudder to think what will be in it, but bring the flask. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much, Rob. And if um, if you've enjoyed this chat, don't forget to sign up to or download Rob's podcast. Uh, it's available only on Spotify and is well worth the listen. Well, I, I can only echo what Kate said. A huge thanks to my guest this week, the incredible Bob Bryden. And if you want to see him do something fabulous at Carfest next year, then head over to carfest.org right now to keep an eye out on when you can get your tickets and all proceeds go to supporting a number of children's charities. So far, over £20 million has been raised, which has done incredibly good work. And of course, if you want more great chat with more legendary comedians and actors, and look no further than our wine cellar, where you'll find vintage episodes in the back catalogue with the likes of Daisy May Cooper, Keith Lemon, Jordan Thompson, Jason Fleming, Craig Charles, Griff Rich Jones, James A. Caster, and a gamble, Alan Cumming, Hannah Waddingham, Kerry Godlyman, and so many more. My thanks to you, as always, for your company, and to Maria Nibbs, who produces this with the Yahoo Studios team, alongside me. Editing is by Andy Exon, and of course, our music, as always, comes courtesy of Andy Bell. We'll be back next Friday with more great guests. Until then, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.